Hello, wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to BQ&A. This is the program where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. My name is Joseph Matichich. I'm the Secretary of the Seventh-day Adventist Church in South Australia and I will be your host uh, for our program today. Welcome along wherever you might be joining us uh, today here on Drive Time. I have a, uh, a, a, a gift that, that uh, we want to offer to you. Um, it's a great um, giveaway, um, a great great one to have um, and I'm going to tell you about that a little bit later on um, you want to get your hands on this it'll, it'll make a, a nice a nice gift for, for, for you um, remember uh, our text, ni- text line number here is 0488 880811 that number again 0488 880811 Double one. Jot that down and um, keep uh, listening for uh, your uh, cue to um, uh, contact us for this uh, very free giveaway. Well, this week we are launching a whole new series and uh, we're going to be looking at the topic of the radical teachings of Jesus. Uh, today in particular we're looking at uh, the question, are the poor, the meek, and merciful really blessed? And as you can may sense from that, we're going to be starting off with uh, looking at um, the first component of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount and uh, the, those Beatitudes. Now, uh, we're going to get into that in a moment, but I want to uh, welcome our co-host today, um, Pastor William Moala, the pastor of the uh, Paravista Seventh-day Adventist Church and the Gawler Churches uh, here in uh, Adelaide, South Australia. Uh, welcome along, William. Good afternoon, Joseph. Glad to be here. Yeah, it's been great uh, uh, to be able to be back together again. Yes. Uh, another new week here on here on Drive Time. And um, William, have you been uh, watching any of the Olympic Games which have just concluded? I have to say I have. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's been great to watch our Aussies um, um, do exceptionally well. I was just looking at the, uh, I think, the tally earlier today. I think we uh, placed six in the overall medal tally. I that, think uh, That's quite remarkable, yeah. really, when you consider um, proportionately our size, um, our population compared to other nations around the world. We, yeah. We've really, really quite excelled uh, proportionately. Absolutely. And I think, um, yeah, I... You know, just watching all the different sports and even sports that I'm not really as, um, you know, um, like have played myself. I think there's just something beautiful about watching someone at work, so to speak, who've basically put their whole life into it. You know, you're yes. watching someone who has dedicated literally years and years of sacrifice uh, to watch you know, them compete. But, you know, the couple of highlights, obviously there was a swimming and, and a number of other things we won gold in. But I think for me, I'd have to... um what I really um, enjoyed about what the Aussies have done this past Olympics was the basketball. Ah. So I'm a huge basketball fan. Yeah. Joe. So I used to live and breathe basketball back in my younger days. And um, in Australia, the Boomers actually, uh, they, they, they won a bronze medal beating Slovenia. And that is a huge um, milestone for Australian basketball. So um, First time in yeah, a long time. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, they, they actually beat the U.S. in the exhibition match, which was amazing. Yeah. Then they lost to the U.S., um, you know, the game before um, 
the, the bronze medal game. Yeah. So because we uh, lost to the US, the US went on to play the gold medal game against France. That's right. So, um, yeah, look, Australia, we have a lot to be um, proud of. Our, our Aussies really did well out there on the world stage. So I think I'm like millions of Aussies across our nation just glued to the TV. I mean, I wasn't sitting on it 24-7, but uh, definitely we're watching the highlights. And, um, yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah, I, uh, the memory that stands out for me was seeing the uh, the, the men's high jump final. Oh, okay. Um, and, I, I um, didn't catch that. What was interesting is uh, there were two two um, t- two competitors, two athletes that um, uh, jumped the highest, and so the they were then given the option to have what's called a jump off. Um, uh, y- yes, to, I think I remember. What you're talking and about. Uh, yeah. and they actually asked the officials, "Well, c- can we actually share it?" And and they allowed them. And uh, the, the the reaction of yeah. of the two athletes was absolutely priceless. They they l- literally leapt into each other's arms and just gave this. <laughs> each other this massive hug and embraced and were just yeah. so jubilant they were just so ecstatic they shared the gold medal yeah uh the, the two of them and um that to me is a memory that, that, that that's been etched there but uh different games william i mean um not, not effectively no crowds whatsoever yeah um and um, and so there was no 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 no, real, no spectators, uh, none of that 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 normally is there, particularly in the in the main stadium uh, yeah. where where most of the um, where, where the track and uh, field um, events were, were were taking place and yeah. run, runners going around. And so that that's a bit of a shame. And I guess that's uh, that was the reality of yeah. um, of it being in the midst of this COVID pandemic, really. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I saw, it was a bit confusing because at the beginning it was. They were, you know, still labeling it, um, the Tokyo 2020 Olympics. But so <laughs> yes. there was that. Um, but you know, I was just watching, not, I think a few days ago, my wife and I were just a very short, um, news piece, um, uh, on TV. But basically, um, there was quite a strong unrest in Tokyo itself, actually protests uh, against the Olympics. Okay. And yep. what this, um, news piece was suggesting that yeah, it was, it was quite, it was very, uh, I wouldn't say controversial, but it really highlighted there's another side. You know, mm. we just think everyone just loves the Olympics when it comes to, you know, your hometown. But there was quite a number of um, uh, locals there that were not necessarily in favor of it. And because in light of the COVID and, you know, so, yes, yeah, so yes. I, I didn't actually know, to, know that till yeah. I kind of watched this um, with my wife the other night. So, um, yeah, but, but overall, I think it, you know, from watching on our armchairs at home, it was definitely a good um, something watching, you know, in spite of all the um, the COVID. You, you just hear COVID this, COVID that, and to see something different. Bit of a welcome up. relief. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. So, um, mm. yeah, Australia did awesome. I'm really proud of them. Yeah. So the Olympics are, are done. And um, now, William, uh, just turning our attention now a little bit more uh, into our program to our, our World Watch segment. And okay. um, uh, this week, and uh, specifically you know, Tuesday evening um, in Australia, is Census Night. Okay. Uh, this yeah, this that's is right. this yep. is the, the national census um, that uh, we do uh, as a nation. Uh, e- everyone, every person in Australia is required to, to complete the census, where we gather all this data that's, that gives us a, a snapshot of of our country, uh, data in, into all sorts of things, and helps governments and uh, leaders, etc., to you know to to make decisions, sure. whatever else. Um, this the, the 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 census is done uh, once every five years. Uh, so it's a, it's a, it's a major significant event. Right. Now, one question on the census is that of your religion. Okay. Uh, 
it's interesting, William, that um, the the option to select no religion um, first appeared in the census in 1991. Okay. So, so it's only since 1991 that that's actually been an option. Uh, now, since it's been an option, uh, the the number of people marking no religion has been increasing. Um, in uh, in the lead up to to this week's census, uh, this you know that, that we're all, all to do. Yeah. Um, there has been a push uh, for people. Who don't attend church for people who are who are not committed to a faith, who are who are not actively involved. Um, there's there's actually a push and um, a, a media campaign um, urging them to mark the no religion option, even though they may right. have been brought up, you know, maybe they've been brought up as Catholics or Anglicans or or something. In their fa- okay. their family was something, you know. In the past, nominally, um, and then now, now, but now they're they're not involved and, and not attending anything. Um, there's this campaign to say, uh, well, don't just mark that you've been brought up Catholic, for sure. example, whatever it is. Mark no religion, and um, yeah, I, f- I find that kind of interesting that there's this uh, there's this push to push to do that. Um, the uh, mm-hmm. um, uh, so, so some of the, the this push towards it is saying that. Um, uh, if people, uh, unless people do that, then it won't actually give an accurate picture uh, of 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 that. And um, I mean, it's just interesting, to, I guess, to to get a little bit of your your input on this, um, yeah, William, because um, mm-hmm. the uh, it, it, one organisation, it's the Rationalist Society. Uh, and a couple of others, the Humanists Australia and the Atheist Foundation of Australia right. have chipped in $50,000 in this marketing campaign, um, urging uh, people who with messages such as this, if you don't practice what they preach, mark no religion. <laughs> um, and so yeah. they're they're saying, you know, um, uh-huh. it, yeah, why mark something if you're not actually practicing it? But it, what, yeah. what are your thoughts? Um, well, there's no, there's no question that there's certain um, certain lobby groups and you know, um, and people a community of, of of people who are very much against religion. That's like you were just mentioning the atheist foundation and etc. So I don't see it as a, a huge surprise that when it comes to census, that it's just another way that 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 the people speak. Yes, is through these you know very uh, official you know. Uh, the the census polls and and whatnot. So, look, I can't say I'm too um, surprised by it, um, Joseph, because um, again, like there are elements within our uh, society and within our uh, our nation that uh, just want to eradicate religion. You know, if, if mm. some people in our country had it their way, we wouldn't have religion in school. We wouldn't have scripture classes. Okay, um, they probably go to the extreme. Wouldn't even have any religion whatsoever. You know, so they would get rid of churches, and so, so it, it really just—it's really just the natural outgrowth of that person's worldview. If there's no God, there's no religion. If religion is bad, and and the people being fed this idea, there's religion is the root cause of all evil and all this this type of um, mind and this thinking, then one would naturally think, well, let's just this just another way to kind of cement. This, uh, this idea of getting religion out of our, our, our normal lives. And it's kind of like, it kind of goes both ways. The same thing with, uh, people of religious views. We want to, we want to push through our various, um, you know, in the right way to, to, if there are policies and things that are, 
you know, generally uh, more of a, a Christian nature. Of course, yeah. we want to get behind that. So it's really just people getting behind what they ultimately really believe. And so, yeah, so for people, and yeah, we don't really know the in the upper echelons who's, what's the real, um, you know, who's really pulling these strings. Because as you and I were talking off air, you know, I think that no religion questions kind of uh, crept to the top of the, um, of the, of the question in that. That's category. right. Yeah, listed as the first yeah, one now. So yeah. I think before yep. it was like, are you Christian? Are you this, that, or the other? Like yep. Particularly denomination of within Christianity, and then you know the other faith groups, Buddhism, da da da, and then no religion's right at the bottom. Now yeah. it's just being put to the top. So yeah, to answer your question, Joseph. Um, yeah, look, I just think it's just it's part and parcel of people, um, you know, using it's just an outwork of their um, their particular beliefs. And and uh, I guess it's it's reflective of yeah the, the growing trend in Australia that sure. less and less people are a a Christian have a Christian faith yeah um and uh and uh yeah are committed to um uh to 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 that faith now um what 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 I found also interesting uh, William regarding this is that uh-huh. um a, a lady by the name of Meredith Doig she's the president of the Rationalist Society. Okay, uh, and one who's been leading this campaign, uh, leading a campaign uh, for people to mark the no religion box. Right. Okay. Um, uh, she's a leading voice behind that no religion campaign, and uh, just just over the weekend, um, right. she uh, she wrote in in the Australian newspaper uh, uh, where she praised. Um, where, where, where she, where she, where, I guess pushed, pushed for that, and um, uh, and she actually praised the the the, um, the principles of Satanism as being something fantastic. Wow. Now I don't know about you, but um, uh, outside of um, you know the Bible and you know you know really uh, studying Scripture and 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 talking about amongst it in, in church settings, I don't really hear. You know, Satan mentioned or, or, or idea of Satanism. Mm. Uh, now, we, we as as committed Christians, you and I, we we, we clearly believe in you know, the devil yep. and the Satan and, and real and, and whatever else. But uh, here, here it is um, in in the mainstream society media um, where this where this yeah. this lady is actually praising the principles of Satanism as being something fantastic. Mm. Uh, yeah, it, it really staggered me. I know, as you just said that, it's, I'm trying to wrestle with what actually the Satanism teach and espouse, but certainly exactly. as you were saying, within the Christian worldview, Satan is, um, you know, he's the devil, it's, it's evil. Yeah. He, he, you know, and, um, so I'm not sure the context in which this person is speaking, whether she's, um, you know, well, she seems to be endorsing it as a whole. So it'll be interesting maybe to maybe do a little bit of a dive into what they believe in. Yeah, find out a little of, bit yeah. more. Yeah. But you know, it seems to me that the culture is saying anything except God. Yeah, yeah it can that's right. be, um, it, yeah, whatever it is, fill in the blank, Satanism, uh, whatever ism that's the flavor of the month, it sounds as if though. But it seems that every generation, the Bible is always front and center. Re- Christianity has, has always been, a. Uh, a focal point of conversation. I yeah. mean, here we are, Joseph, 2,000 years later, yes. still talking about the Christian faith. Yep. And, you know, if you had 
according to some of the people back in the days of Jesus, this this was just a, a sect of the Jewish religion and it wouldn't really go anywhere. Here we are, the gospel's gone to the whole world. So I, I can't really speak too much to the Satanism. All I can say is, you know, if this lady is espousing it as wonderful, well, why isn't everybody else talking about it? Why don't we... And maybe we are living under a rock. There's probably <laughs> Satan churches here in Adelaide. I have no idea, mm. but it's making me at least, you know, see what these um, Satanism um, has to offer. And you know, people people have common sense. You know, if someone goes to the, something like this, then you know that that's up to them and the individual. But yeah, I can't really speak any more than that to say. Look, as far as Christian concerns, Satan is. Definitely not something we want to get involved with. Yeah. Absolutely. So um, we'll have to leave it at that <laughs> with that particular rationalist. Yeah. Well, as you, you know, as you alluded to there, you know, William, um, it, yeah, it, another push away from God. Yeah. Um, and um, and yet, 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 you know, whilst there's these campaigns to say mark no religion, even if you're even if you're nominal, uh, then there's been other uh, pushes. Uh, a, um, uh, for example. Um, uh, a Sydney Archbishop um, has urged um, uh, the Catholics uh, to to actually uh, make sure that they do do mark uh, their religious faith, even even if they're not a full time practicing okay. <laughs> practicing Catholic. Right. And uh, and uh, and so he's he's essentially um, saying that um, uh, yeah, religious believers constitute a very broad church, and to accuse them of having no religion is to misunderstand human beings and to misunderstand. Religion, okay. uh, which is interesting. So, yeah, it, it, it's all really, really interesting. And I guess um, uh, what I just thought you just touched, what I thought was significant that you touched on there, William, is the idea that um, here we are still talking about the Christian faith two thousand years later, and um, even though we we do live in very challenging times, yeah. and it seems that it's really diminishing. Um, and it, 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 it is a sign of, of the times where Jesus sure. shared in Matthew 24 and, he, he, and, and Luke 21. It asked the question, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith yeah. on the earth? Um, we, it, it, it rhetorically asking, but we, we know and we can still believe that, yes, God will have his people remain faithful. He, um, Amen. The, the Christian faith will not be extinguished because Christ cannot be extinguished. He is eternal. Absolutely. And um, even though there have been times throughout history when it seemed like it could be wiped out, it could not. Yes. And it won't not. It'll persevere to the end. And um, I think that's a good point in which to take a break. And um, I want to play this song, uh, which actually... Yeah, brings this to the fore a little bit. It talks about the fact that God is self-existent. He, he is eternal. Enjoy this piece of music. We'll come straight back here uh, on Drive Time. You're listening to Faith FM. God alone 
the name of the presenter? We've got you covered. Just go to faithfm.com.au and check out our daily schedule page. Welcome back. You're listening to Faith FM. This is Drive Time, a big Q&A with uh, Joseph Matichic and William Mawala. Now, at the top of the show, I mentioned to you that we have a special offer for you uh, today, uh, and it is a great, uh, lovely uh, book, um, which which you you might really enjoy uh, getting. I'm sure you would, because um, as you would be aware, probably be aware, the um, Faith FM um, is run by the the Seventh Day Adventist Church, and uh, uh, you might wonder. A little bit. Well, who exactly are the Seventh Day Adventists? If hear a little bit about uh, uh, their their programs. Listen to some of their um, shows on on Faith FM, or maybe you've come across um, some other programs. And uh, this this book, this giveaway that we want to give to you, um, is a, a a great, colourful book that that goes through um, the key uh, beliefs of the Seventh Day Adventist Church. It's called Seventh Day Adventist Church in Australia: What We Believe. Uh, it's a lovely book, uh, William, and um, it, it'd be good to have on, you know, it's like a good coffee table kind of a, sure, uh, it's yep. almost like a gift book. And um, so that's that's our offer that we want to offer you uh, today. And um, if you'd like to get today's offer, all you need to do is text the, the code word SA12 to our text line number, which is 04 
and the Faith FM giveaway bot will reply asking for your details. So all you need to do is text that code word, which is SA12. That's the letters SA and then the numbers 1, 2. So SA12, text that to 04 888 And uh, this uh, lovely gift... Seventh Day Adventist Church in Australia, what we believe will come, come sent to you. Well, this week on Drive Time, uh, we are looking at the radical teachings of Jesus. Essentially, uh, we are going to be going through, uh, the famous s- sermon of Jesus, the Sermon on the Mount. And, uh, today, here on this show, where we're looking at the very first segment of it, uh, which we refer to as the Beatitudes. Uh, William, the, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount is is a is, is quite a famous sermon, and it's recorded um, at, at length in the Gospel of Matthew, in particular. There are snippets in on we know also over in the Gospel of Luke, but Matthew's Gospel has the has has the full extent of it. Matthew chapters five. Six and seven. Uh, yep. And, um, th- th- it really, really describes, um, I guess the pinnacle of Jesus' teachings, uh, of, uh, describing the, uh, the principles of, of the kingdom of heaven, uh, God's kingdom. And, um, uh, th- those principles, uh, are quite, uh, quite distinct. Um, and uh, as as the title indicates, in, in a sense, quite radical as well. And that's why we yeah we, we like to tackle the, these kinds of things uh, and and all these topics here on um, here on Drive Time. And so today we we, we want to uh, kick off by looking at, at the Beatitudes. And uh, William, why don't you um, yeah um, I guess um, yeah as we begin today, let, let's look at uh, look at this in particular as we start off this this first segment of uh, Jesus' radical teachings, and we focus on on, on these um, uh, the, the, the these beatitudes right from the start from Matthew chapter five. No problem. Thanks, Joseph. So, um, so this week, um, you and I, uh, Joseph and the rest of our team, we're going to be looking at this, uh, this topic, radical teachings. And I just wanted to begin by, I just looked up that word diction in the dictionary, the word radical and radical essentially means uh, it's, it's an adjective and it's especially of change or action. And it's relating to or affecting the fundamental nature of something. Yeah. And, you know, this fits in nicely with Jesus because he affected the, the nature of life. He, he affected the whole, uh, human cause of, a course of human history. Yes. Through his life and ultimately his death on the cross and, and his subsequent, re- um, resurrection. And so, what we're basically going to do is we're going to read through the um, the Beatitudes in uh, the Gospel of Matthew chapter 5. So when we look at um, the Sermon on the Mount, just a couple of observations and we'll read from the text. So the Sermon on the Mount, for those who may be unaware of it, sounds very um, mystical, um, it's, you know, Sermon on the Mount. Basically, it's it's how we've come to, as Christians over the centuries, have come to um, understand this this particular passage of Scripture, chapters Matthew, uh, Matthew chapters 5 through to 7. So essentially what the Sermon on the Mount is, it's a collection of sayings and teachings attributed to um, Jesus Christ. And it, it emphasizing his emphasizing his moral teachings uh, found in the Gospel of Matthew. And um, 
But you know, we were talking offline, uh, Joseph. What we what we're really going to see tonight uh, through our talk is Jesus really highlighting uh, principles of of his character, the principles of his kingdom. Yeah. And as you and I were discussing just uh, before our program aired, it's um, you know, Jesus said that his kingdom is not of this world. Okay. And so, what Jesus does through chapters five through to seven, he really unpacks the true nature of of Jesus's the Father's heavenly kingdom, which mm. was diametrically opposite to the kingdom in which he was birthed into, namely mm. the Rome and and the you know the world in which he lived. So, it, it, it is quite true to say that Jesus' teachings, what we're going to read today, was very radical mm. because it was totally against the the mindset, the thinking of the people of his day. And so so what we're going to do is we're going to just walk through um, these um, beautiful Beatitudes and we're just going to unpack it and see what, where we, what we come up with. It's interesting how you said beautiful attitudes. Uh, <laughs> beautiful, uh, uh, sorry, beautiful beatitudes. Yes. Um, because I've heard um, this word beatitudes. It's not actually uh, uh, the word that the Bible specifically mentions, but it's, yeah. it's a name we give for that, that first section of the sermon. As yes. you said, this, is a, um, this sermon on the mount is a collection of teachings, probably not given in, in one you know, um, continuous talk, uninterrupted talk, but uh, uh, and you, I'm sure you're going to read in a moment just from Matthew five. But uh, the, the first section of it, um, the Beatitudes, someone's called them beautiful attitudes, right? Uh, and I kind of like that's that. Nice. It's, that's a nice way of looking at it. So yeah. So what do we got there with the these this first section? Um, uh, I guess the. Um, there, there are. If you can start, maybe there. Let, let's start right, right from the beginning and read a few verses for us. Um, okay. to, so we get a feel for what 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 passage we're focusing right. on. So it begins in verse three, but let me start with the first two of chapter five. And so uh, it, it start, Chapter five starts off with these words. It says, "And seeing the multitudes, he went up on a mountain, and when he was seated, his disciples came to him." Verse 2, then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, and here we go, Okay, uh, starting verse 3, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Okay, blessed are the poor in, poor spirit, in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Okay, so there's the, there's the very first one, a blessed. Um, uh, do, do you want to tell us, I mean, what does the word, what, what do we mean by blessed? I mean, uh, we we use that we bandy the term around a little bit in you know perhaps in Christian circles, but um, yeah, what does it actually mean? Yeah, I think um, probably the most people um, use the word happy. Okay, so blessed are they or happy are they? But you know, uh, when we, when I was thinking about this, when when people hear the word happy, one thinks that um, it's um, you know that happiness is. Um, something that we feel, but I think it's a bit deeper than that, ah, Joseph. Yeah. I think what, what Jesus is saying, he's not saying that, um, uh, happiness in t- some ways it's subjective. You can be happy one day, happy the next. But I think what Jesus is trying to communicate is it's, um, he's talking about a, a state of blessing. It's like a state of being. And, and it's, it's by following God's principles, we're in this blessed state, if you will. And it's, 
regardless of our outward circumstances. Okay, that's that's. So. I think it's a very important point. So we 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 have blessed being happy or a state of contentment, joy, yeah. perhaps it's something yeah, like something that. deeper. Um, it has to be because I mean. Poor, uh, there it says specifically poor in spirit. It naturally, you wouldn't think, oh, now that, that, how can they be, you, know, you wouldn't normally think that they'd be happy. Um, but some, there's obviously something deeper to this, and that's what we're going to, going to look at. So that, that, that's the very first one. Blessed are the poor in spirit. And, um, uh, do, do you want to read through a few more okay. for us? And then we'll, we will unpack them. How does that sound? Just, All just right. give us an, uh, a read through. How about I read it down to say, um, why don't I go down in the end? Because only yeah, a few verses. Read through. And then we'll, um, we'll pick it up. Okay, so it says here, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you, and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven." For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. There are a total of eight beatitudes. Okay, yes, total of eight there. Each and, and it's same uh, formula there. Blessed are they for the, and they, and then and then it gives a uh, an expl- a, a, a reason. Now, we, uh, what we need to establish here is a, a few key points. Number one, these describe a Christian's character. Okay. And uh, and and what we find here, they 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 are elements of a Christian, you know, that uh, should character. All of them are to characterize us. It's not a case of well, we, we might have one characteristic, but we don't need to have another. It's not like we can say, oh, uh, yep. yeah, we can have um, uh, peace, but we don't need to have meekness, yeah. for example. So it comes as a package. Exactly <laughs> right. Yeah. Now the other thing, and you you brought this out. Uh, th- this describes, as does the entire Sermon on the Mount, the principles of God's kingdom. Yes, and uh, what we're going to find is that that's, they are diametrically opposed to the principles of of our, of our world, the kingdoms of of our sec, of our society today. Right. Um, and so that's that's important. And uh, then, as we're about to get into the specifics of them, there are eight beatitudes listed. Yeah. Okay. Uh, looking at those eight, it, it, there's a bit of a neat division. The first four actually describe um, our relationship to God. Right. Okay. And the second four. Uh, describe our relationship to, to to other people, which actually sounds a little bit like the Ten Commandments. Yeah. The first part of it, the first four commandments, describe our relationship to God, and the last six describe our, our relationship with one another. You know, this could perhaps, um, Joseph, be a ploy of the particular author of the Gospel of Matthew, because <laughs> as most scholars would agree and suggest is that of the four Gospels, Matthew was primarily written for a Jewish audience. That's why he begins with the genealogy leading, uh, beginning with Abraham. And, um, you know, I've got in my study Bible here in front of me that, you know, this idea of Jesus on the mount. Almost like this, this second Moses, okay. the new Moses, as Moses went up the mount. Yes. Yeah, back yeah, all those thousands of years ago. Now Jesus goes up the mountain. Yeah. Right, I like it. I like I'm it. Remembering my old college uh, professor, uh, <laughs> Kale Duval, uh-huh. 
uh, he was such an inspiration listening to him unpack the gospels and yeah. um and he he brought this um aspect out the, this Jesus as this new Moses okay so i don't want to get ahead of people but um a little further down the chapter when Jesus says you have heard that it was said but I say, ah, yeah, where he, yeah, in a sense, reinterprets the law or comments yes. on the law. Yes, and that's coming up in a program. And just uh, okay, I better leave it to other yeah, presenters. Yeah, <laughs> but we'll we look at that here on Drive Time. Absolutely, as we yeah. continue through the. Um, so we find here Jesus as a second Moses. Right, yeah, yeah, lovely. So you were saying, Joseph, uh, the first four of these beatitudes. Yep. Uh, relationship with God. Yep. And then second the, four describe our relationship with one another. Right. So, okay. so let's look at the very first beatitude. Um, okay. You want to read it and uh, let, let's unpack it. All right. Here we go. Verse three. The Bible says, "This is Jesus speaking. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven." Okay. So poor in spirit. What do we mean by poor in spirit? You know, I don't think it's talking about financial poverty. I think what Jesus is highlighting is the soul. When a person recognizes that they're in need. Okay. So here's my kind of thinking, because when we're talking, Joseph, there's all these Bible verses and stories kind of just floating in my mind. And the, the one story I think about is the, you remember the story of the, the, Jesus painted this, the, the parable of the publican and the sinner. They both went to the temple. That's right. And Jesus was painting the picture of the, the publican that was kind of looking at himself. I uh, thank God I'm not like this, uh, Oh, sorry, the Pharisee and the... The tax collector, I think you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. The Pharisee and the, yeah, was the one that was... Quite yeah, kind so of like, um, kind of confident. self-righteous, kind of was, That's right. was filled with himself, so to speak. Yes. Um, in, in some ways, that person didn't recognize their poverty. And I think what Jesus was highlighting was the, the religious, I guess, the mindset of some of the people he was dealing with, especially the Pharisees, the leaders. Self-sufficient. They didn't see their need. That's right. So I'm thinking when Jesus was talking and when he was expounding this Sermon on the Mount, that as he was looking out to the multitudes, he would have perhaps seen people who perhaps recognize their need and probably in their own kind of twisted way were trying to compare themselves to the Pharisees and the leaders say, well, I'm not as good as them. And so there was this sense of, 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 of need that, that they were, that they, that they weren't good enough. That's, you know, yeah. it was kind of like, and, and I think that's what Jesus was talking to. If you recognize your need, you recognize your poverty, you recognize you're not good enough, that you're a sinner. It, it's to that. I think Jesus says, you are blessed. Yes. Yeah, they're the blessed ones. So the ones that actually acknowledge their need. And and so it, it kind of makes sense, actually, William, that this is the very first one. The very first prerequisite, essentially, for us as Christians is to acknowledge our need, our sinfulness, our, our condition, our spiritual poverty, yes. you're saying. Uh, as a first step toward towards God, yeah, uh, that that is that is that is really making quite good sense. So then the next beatitude builds before, on it. Before we go there, yeah, sure. I've just got one of my notes here. When you look at that word "poor" in the New Testament, when when we just read the the, it, the Greek word, it, it conveys this idea to crouch or cower like a beggar. So think of it in your mind. It's like a person who's just so destitute, they're just begging. And, and I don't think Jesus is saying that when we're begging for money that God sees that as a, as a virtue, but it's in a spiritual sense. When we recognize that we are so destitute, we've got nothing, and we come to God with our brokenness, our sense of, of need. You know, the, remember the story, Joseph, when uh, Jesus performed that miracle um, early on in the piece? 
and uh, they threw their nets out and they got all that, you know, they couldn't even hold the nets because of, there was so much fish. And then Peter immediately says to Jesus, depart from me. I'm a man of unclean lips. Yeah. I, I'm not, I think that's how he said I'm it. Unworthy. Maybe yep. a bit different, but yep. yeah, that's what he was saying. Yep. And I think that's what, that's when Peter recognized his need, like, hey, um, I'm a sinner. Yeah. Jesus, you're, you, you have no, no business dealing with me. You don't mm. know who I am. And I think that's what Jesus is saying here in this first one. Yeah, yeah. No, that's great. So the second beatitude then, uh, if you want to read that one for us, please. Yeah, second one is, Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Okay, so blessed are the mourner. Are we talking about those who are uh, crying or grieving over what a lost loved one? Um, if the previous one talked about you know, spiritual poverty, what's this one looking at? You know, I... I'm just thinking, I believe it's talking more in a spiritual sense. I don't think Jesus saying, if you cry, you know, like when we hear the word mourn, I think it's kind of building from that sense of need. When we mourn over the fact, you see, here's what I'm thinking, Joseph. Um, When a person comes to know God and when they get introduced to the gospel message, Jesus says in the gospel of John that if he is lifted up, he will draw all peoples to himself. That's right. And so here's my thinking. When a person doesn't know God, they don't know Jesus, they know anything about God or Christianity, and they come to know this beautiful message that you and I know and we share and we preach and Jesus is uplifted before their very eyes and like in the New Testament when the when the when they realized that it was their sins that had basically put Jesus on the cross it's that morning I think okay so it's a morning over not only your sins but in what you've done to God. Okay. Like yes. you're grieving. It's yep. not like a crying over an event or something, but it's 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 an outworking of the first step. That's right. Recognizing our need. God comes into our life and we recognize, wow, I've been living a life for self. I've you know, it's like the Luke nineteen, the Zacchaeus story. Yes. He something was in him that realizes that he needed a change, but he didn't know how. Yeah. Until Jesus walks through Jericho, looks up at him on the tree and says, Zacchaeus, come down. It's that it's that internal uh you know, that inward, I guess, conversion, if you will. Yeah. A yep. mourning over themselves and realizing that, you know, what realizing who they are in the sight of God because yes. One thing God hates, um, Joseph, that you and I would agree, he hates pride. Mm. And that's what caused the fall of Lucifer in Isaiah 14 and, and whatnot. And so when we realize what who we are and what we have done in the light of the gospel and the light of God giving his son to die for our sins, I think it's that mourning. Yeah. The Bible calls it repentance. Okay, okay. I and like repentance that. is yep. when we're sorrow. Yep, yep. For, for, for sin. That's great. And so then the third quality, the third beatitude that's listed there is blessed are the meek, meek for yeah. they will inherit, in, inherit, inherit the, the earth. earth. Now, meek, a meek person is, is what? Well, what's meekness? Well, humility. Okay. Humble. So, so meekness is not weakness. No. It, it's, it's a different quality. Mm. And you just said uh, humble. So that, that follows. I mean, if, if a person's poor, poor they, they're acknowledging their need, they, it grieves them what, what their sin does, and it, it flows on that the attitude will be an attitude of meekness, of, yeah. of humility. Um, yes. Yeah, that's, that's, that's really, really good. I, I, I like that. And so, yeah, we can, these actually build on each other, don't they? Yeah. Um, and so, uh, going on from that one to the fourth beatitude, what's the fourth one there? You want to read it out for us, please? 
Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Okay, so the, the, the first two Beatitudes talked about turning away from our human weakness and our sin, and then the third one expressed the, the Christian attitude of humility. Here, this one is now starting to turn towards it in a positive way uh, where we're, we're desiring, hungry and thirsting, which we're desiring the, the righteousness, um, uh, which is righteousness, to be right, to, to, be, to be like God. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's a desire to follow God. Yeah. It's a desire to be, you see, because what the Holy Spirit does, Joseph, when in those initial stages of mourning and, and sensing your need, that's the work of the Holy Spirit. That's yes. not something that you just generate in your in and of your own thinking it, this is purely all of god's grace he comes upon a person makes you recognize your need he makes us feel a, a sense of uncomfortableness joseph um but then he doesn't leave us there he points us to to the remedy if you will and that's yep. the gospel that's jesus in the life yeah that's great look let's take a break and right. we've gone through the first four of the beatitudes we said they're the four that describe our relationship to god We've got the second four. We'll we'll do that straight after the break. Let's enjoy this uh, song, beautiful song, which is actually um, words which are uh, about the Beatitudes, uh, right, right on our theme. Let, let's listen to this uh, uh, lovely song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Didn't catch the name of the presenter? We've got you covered. Just go to faithfm.com.au and check out our daily schedule page. Uh, well, w- welcome back. You're listening to Faith FM. This is Drive Time BQ&A with uh, Pastor Joseph Matichich and uh, Pastor William Mawala. We are going through the radical teachings of Jesus and we're looking in particular today at um, the first part of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount where he talks about those uh, Beatitudes. And uh, now earlier in the show I mentioned that we've got a great offer for you. I want to just uh, again remind you of that. Um, it's a, a lovely gift, Seventh-day Adventist Church in Australia, what we believe. Um, and uh, if you'd like to get today's offer, all you need to do is text the code word SA12 to our number 04888880811 and the Faith FM giveaway bot will reply asking for your details. So all you need to do is text the code word SA12, that's the letters SA and the number 12 and text that to 04888880811. William, it's been interesting to explore this uh, this Sermon on the Mount that, that Jesus yeah. uh, Jesus gave, recorded there in, in the Gospel of Matthew. And just before the break, we looked at the first of those four um, blessed statements that he gave. And now we've got uh, the, the, the second four to, to, to look at. Uh, why don't you uh, continue there looking at the, the fifth of these eight ones? Yep. So we're up to the fifth one in verse seven. Uh, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. You know, when I think about that one, um, you know, God's character, he's a, he's a God of mercy. Yeah. And I think part of it there is, um, God wants us to live and model his character to others. Yeah. The same right. way that God extends his grace to us, he wants us to extend that to others. Yeah. Lovely. And so the true believer will extend compassion and forgiveness, valuing people. Um, treating, as the golden rule says, treating others the way we would like to be treated. Now, yeah. I know that's in various different uh, faiths and whatnot, but but that's the very core of of what it means to be a practicing Christian. You know, because God is love, and love um, expresses itself in ways to help, to heal, and to um, you know to ease the suffering and pain, uh, to do our best we can to uplift our. Our fellow human beings. So God says in his word, Jesus says, blessed are the merciful, uh, for they will obtain mercy. So it's, it's very much, uh, the principle of forgiveness that Jesus teaches says, if we don't forgive others, mm. Jesus says in the Lord's prayer, God cannot forgive us. So it's the same principle. If we don't extend mercy to others, we, we receive mercy as we give mercy. Yeah. And I think that's the principle there. 
Yeah. And, so, and, and it says we bless. Yeah. It's happy. God's trying to give us a a a uh, blueprint of how to live a successful life, and not just successful by the world's end, but this is how God designed us to live. Yeah, yeah. No, and Jesus good. is simply, I guess, I guess, uh, expounding on the great principles of His law, His law of love, and so that's the. I guess that's what I. Probably comment on that one, um, yeah. Joseph. No, that's good. Now, the the, the sixth beatitude, uh, verse eight. What, what does that one say? So, ble- uh, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Yeah. Okay. So, another characteristic of a true Christian is that they will be uh, the pure in heart, and um, yeah, the Bible talks about the the heart as being the, the source of uh, of who we who we really are, and um, it's uh, it's a, a Christian who has. Um, Accepted Christ, who has acknowledged the sinfulness, and uh, uh, reminds me of uh, you know the psalmist, creating me a clean heart, yes. O God, and renew a right spirit r- spirit within me. Um, it's from the heart. Jesus said that evil yes. thoughts and murder, adultery, etc., come comes out of. And so, mm-hmm. a true Christian is the one that experiences a, a pure heart. And, and also, uh, Joseph, only God can change the human heart. That's right. You know, uh, Paul says in Second Corinthians, you know, if we're in Christ, we're a new creation. Yeah. And so don't read this and think, well, I need to produce a, a pure heart. No, no, no. That's what, that's the power of God's grace. He implants in us yes. a new heart, as you said, the David, the psalmist. Yeah. And so when we have that new heart, we can see God. That's what it's saying. We, we see differently because God is in us. Christ is living in us. Yep. And that's the new birth experience. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Uh, we, we need to almost wrap up. Okay. So, yeah, share with us uh, the last couple of Beatitudes. That are so there. very quickly, uh, blessed are the peacemakers. We we know what that means, peace with uh, God and one another. Okay. So it's very much an extension of the mercy principle, yes. extending God's kingdom by way of our actions, uh, we are to be at peace with others. We, this is really extension of God's kingdom. And then you've got there, um, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You know, one, I think this is a, a big one to end on, uh, Pastor Joseph, because what Jesus is saying there is the kingdoms of the world in which he was living was tit for tat, yeah. you hurt me, I hurt you type of business. And that goes on even to this day. Jesus said it's actually a blessing when we receive in we receive uh, uh, persecution, whatever form it may be, when it was not us that uh, initiated or deserved mm. it, but Jesus actually we're blessed, and in some ways we're actually living what Jesus experienced, right? Because there was no one on this earth that was more unjustly persecuted and ultimately died. As our Lord and Savior Jesus. So isn't it interesting at the end of his principle, it's a call to sacrifice. It's a call to live the principles of God in spite of how people treat us and how they, uh, you know, how they view us. You know, Jesus says that it's, uh, we are blessed if we're persecuted for righteousness sake. So if we're doing what God wants us to do and we receive persecution in its very forms, Jesus says, don't retaliate like the world does. Leave it to me. The Bible okay. says, you know, vengeance is mine, thus saith the Lord. Yes, you know, it's yes. the idea that God is ultimate in control. He will make all things right. That's great. Well, thank you so much, William, uh, for joining me today. And I wonder whether you'd mind just showing a, a little prayer at the end. Love as we to. Let us up. pray. Mm. 
Heavenly Father, it has been a wonderful uh, time to open the scriptures tonight. And we just want to pray for all of our listeners who are driving home and who will listen to this at a later date. Uh, Lord, may they uh, read these beautiful principles of your kingdom. And uh, may we accept the, the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ into our lives and into our hearts so that we could live that blessed life he desires us to live. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. It looks like our time's up for today, folks. Uh, thank you for joining uh, me, Joseph Matichic and uh, William Mawala. Uh, join us tomorrow when Gary, Pastor Gary Hodgkin returns uh, to, to be host with Eric Hoare. They are going to continue to explore the Sermon on the Mount uh, by looking at the next section, How Does Christ View His Disciples? Hope you can tune in then. Thank you. May God richly bless you. Mm-hmm. 